Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, August 29th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week. Then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, we've got a lot to go over, so let's just dive right in. So if you watched any of the Little League World Series, you are not surprised to find out that Hawaii won the entire thing. It's Hawaii's fourth Little League World Series championship title, and they beat Curacao in a run rule 13-3 on Sunday. The game started with back-to-back home runs in the first inning for Hawaii and only lasted four innings. So I say it's no surprise because Hawaii was supposed to be one of the best teams to ever compete in the Little League World Series. Their closest win margin was four runs, and they outscored opponents 60, yes, that's 6-0 to 5. In other exciting news, Phillies Harper is back. He came back Friday for the series against the Pirates, and Bryce Harper had three hits, one per game in that series with 10 at-bats, and he scored one run. The Phillies won the first two games 13 to 4, but lost the third 0 to 5. Sticking with the Pirates, Pirates rookie O'Neill Cruz hit a 122.4 mile per hour single in their game against the Braves on Wednesday. That is the hardest ball ever hit in years that this stat has been recorded, which totals to seven. That surpasses the previous record by 0.2. While it's a really cool stat, it wasn't enough to win, though. The Braves did beat the Pirates 14 to 2. The 1952 Mickey Mantle baseball card went for $12.6 million over the weekend. This is a record for 
any piece of sports paraphernalia. The owner actually bought the card back in 1991 for 50 grand, and I bet his wife was still mad at him. But it turned out to be a great investment as it is 252 times more valuable than what he actually paid for it. The Mets retired Willie Mays' number 24. Despite Mays only playing for the New York team for only two seasons, those were his final two seasons, though, and the Mets made it to the World Series with Mays' help. It was a long time coming because this was actually a promise given to Mays in 1973. Mets charter owner Joan Payson promised Mays that he would be the last player to wear number 24 for the Mets. However, Payson died soon after that, and then 50 years later, the team made good on her promise. Also, just an update in the standings, the Astros have taken over the top spot in the American League, leading the Yankees by four wins now. So remember, there was a couple weeks ago I told you the Yankees had a terrible streak going. They've lost their number one spot. No change on the national side, though. The Dodgers lead the Mets. A little bit of basketball news. Kobe Bryant's widow, Vanessa, won her lawsuit in $16 million after the firefighters and L.A. County deputies shared gruesome photos of Kobe Bryant and their 13-year-old daughter, Gigi, and the others in the 2022 plane crash. The jury agreed that sharing the photos invaded privacy and definitely led to more distress. Vanessa agreed to donate the $16 million won to the Mamba and Mambasita Foundation. All right, moving along to obviously my favorite subject, NCAA football. So it was week zero, which means we had 11 games. So there weren't a ton of upsets or exciting things to report. But here are some of the headlines. Illinois put away Wyoming 38-6. Florida State manhandled Duquesne 47-7. It looks like Duscani, but it's Duquesne, trust me. UNC let Florida A&M stick around a little too long before closing the door and winning 56-24. Vanderbilt scored 35 points in the third quarter alone and won 63-10 to over Hawaii in a late-night game. But the big headline was the Nebraska versus Northwestern game that was the Aer Lingus Classic in Ireland. It looked set up to be a great day for Nebraska with all the ends on cars. It looked like all the Nebraska fans made the trip. You even got free beer in the stadium thanks to the internet being down. But alas, the game looked like a typical Nebraska game with silly mistakes made and an, even an onside kick when you're up by over 11 points. Oh, and then they also lost a double-digit lead. Northwestern did get the W in Dublin with a score of 31-28. to 28. So I make the joke about all the ends on cars. In Ireland, if you are a novice driver, meaning you are learning how to drive, they actually put an N on your car, and apparently it looks exactly like the Nebraska N. So I'm sure they felt quite at home up there as a Cornhusker, but it's definitely not a good thing. Also this week, you've been seeing a lot of news about starting quarterbacks that have been like announced on who's going to start. I won't cover all those or it would be the entire podcast. However, my favorite was Michigan's announcement, which was basically Harbaugh saying that um, he doesn't know. Basically, McCarthy's going to start a game. McNamara is going to start a game and he'll make a decision. So it was basically no need for an announcement. <laughs> 
Also, the Heisman betting odds came out this week with Ohio State C.J. Stroud, his, that's the quarterback, coming out as the favorite, followed by Alabama quarterback Bryce Young and USC quarterback Caleb Williams. Bad news for those of us non-Alabama fans, Nick Saban got another extension, meaning that he will be coaching at Bama through 2030, getting paid an average of $11.7 million per year. Personally, I do think he'll actually retire before then, but that doesn't bode well for us anyway. (laughs) Hooters also signed 51 offensive linemen to NIL deals with them. They didn't go into each individual athlete, but went with O-line groups, which included Auburn, LSU, Oklahoma, Miami, Georgia Tech, Mizzou, Texas A&M, Vandy, FAU, and USF. The players' obligations are to show up to Hooters locations, post on social media, and promote Hooters as a game-watching and tailgate spot. This week is week one is the other major highlight, so all teams basically will be in action, and I'll go over what games to watch and what to watch this upcoming week. On the flip side, NFL preseason is over, so you won't see any of those games on TV. Season does start next week, though, on Thursday, with the Bills at the Rams at 720 on NBC. In a crazy story, Commander's running back Brian Robinson was shot several times in his lower extremities in a robbery or carjacking attempt. His injuries were not life-threatening, and he was taken to the hospital immediately. The shooting actually took place at 6 p.m. on Sunday. There is no word for his return, although right as I was doing this podcast, it did come out that he will be released from the hospital and could return this season. There's a lot of golf going on, so I have a lot of golf stories. So even though Scotty Scheffler has led the FedEx Cup for the majority of the year, started the tournament two shots ahead of second place, and was leading by six shots going into the final round, Rory McIlroy wins for the third time, which is the first time that's ever happened in PGA Tour history. Now remember, the FedEx Cup has only been in existence for about 16 years, but still. The third round of the FedEx Cup and the Tour Championship had a weather delay and had then literally no one benefited from that more than Scotty Scheffler, who was majorly struggling in the third round, but came back and shot four under through six holes to finish that round before they restarted for the final round. That built him that six shot lead, but it turns out it just wasn't enough. In the final round, Rory did make it into that final pairing as well, which I knew was not a good thing. And he shot 66 and Scotty shot 73. Don't ever give Rory a carrot to chase because he will catch it. Rory started the week off with a triple bogey, but ends with the FedEx Cup trophy and a paycheck of $18 million in hand. That brings him to the highest amount of prize money ever earned in a single season, culminating in $26.7 million. That story just breaks my heart as I personally know Scotty Scheffler and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Even Rory said, I feel like this, this FedEx cup trophy is half Scotty's. He had an amazing season winning three times, including the masters. Congratulations, Scotty on a crazy, amazing season. I have complete faith that you'll win eventually. It's just not your time. So move over, Liv Tour. The TGL is set to debut in early 2024. And this new league is backed by Tiger Woods and none other than Rory McIlroy. 
This will feature a six three-man teams in a 15 regular season matches. However, it will be half virtual. The format will be two-hour, 18-hole matches on Virtual Golf Simulator before putting on a green. Yes, of course, there'll be bunkers in a stadium-like environment. No words on what stadiums are set to hold host these, but this will take place on Monday nights between January and April, which will give us something to watch during that time. And each of the teams will be competing five times. In addition to the announcement of the TGL, the PGA Tour has also made new changes to keep up with the Live Tour. 12 tournaments will now offer purses from 15 to $20 million. This was an increase from the original eight that were announced a couple of months ago, and those four tournaments have not been specified like which ones that they will be. Top players are also being asked to commit to the PGA Tour and to these 12 elevated events, as well as the players, the FedEx Cup playoffs, and the majors. Then also three regular season tournaments that will be of their choice. But another week and more live tour defectors. This time we add open champ Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, Harold Varner III, Joaquin Neiman, Ereban Lahiri, and Cameron Tringale. These are, quote, confirmed by ESPN, but have not officially been added to the Live Golf website roster yet. Tringale did confirm his via social media today, and he is the highest earning player on the PGA Tour without an outright win. Smith and Neiman, though, were given two of the six automatic qualifying spots for the international team for the President's Cup coming up in September. If they do play this week or another week, they will not be allowed to participate in that event. Touching on a quick couple of Olympic sports, Kenyan cyclist Suley Kandanji has died after his crash at, the Ver- at a Vermont gravel road race. All the details are that he was traveling at a high speed before the crash. Duke volleyball player Rachel Richardson says that she was subject to racial slurs during a game against BYU and that the school did not react quickly. The fan was eventually banned from all BYU athletic venues, but it was the day after the game. A police officer was placed at the Duke bench after the fan threatened her to watch her back when she goes to the team bus. This is just purely disgusting, and we should never be racist to anyone ever. And the fact that she had to deal with this on the court is frankly just appalling. Usain Bolt is taking steps to trademark his signature pose with the U.S. Trademark Office. He plans to use the pose on clothing, shoes, restaurants, and bars. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the one where he points up to the sky at a diagonal and then points with his other hand across his chest. Sticking with track and field, Chopra is the first Indian to ever win a Diamond League event, and he did it on his first throw. His javelin throw went 89.08 meters on the first throw, which was enough to win and get him into the Diamond League final in Zurich, which was the ultimate goal. If you win the Diamond League, usually by winning the final, you can solidify your spot at Worlds unless your country has the reigning world champion, which India does not in the javelin. However, Chopra is the defending reigning Olympic gold medalist. 
Also, something else that was popping up all over the Twitterverse today was that different world teams, World Cup teams, have been dropping their uniforms. So go check out your favorite team to see what they'll be wearing, and you can buy their jersey. Of course, we have to touch on tennis as the U.S. Open starts today, and it is going to be an amazing Grand Slam. We already have huge headlines with this being Serena's last slam, a ridiculous opening round ticket price hikes, Nadal going for his 23rd slam, and Djokovic not being allowed to play because he's still unvaccinated. Some others with, that are missing is Angelique Gerber, who is pregnant, with and number two in the world, Zarev, who is out with an ankle injury. Serena and Venus Williams were given the doubles wild card, so they will be playing together. And then reigning champs Emma Raducanu and Danielle Medvedev are hoping to defend their title. Also in the mix, Naomi Osaka is back after skipping Wimbledon. Sloan Stevens and Coco Goff for the United States are also back in action at this tournament. Serena will play tonight against Montenegro's Donka Kovinic in singles, and the Williams sisters will play a pair from the Czech Republic. So now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week. For the MLB, we only have games on Saturday and Sunday on our mainstream channels. So Saturday at 6.15 on Fox, you can either catch the Twins at the White Sox or the Mariners at the Guardians, depending on your geographical location. Then Sunday, catch the Blue Jays at the uh, Pirates at 11.05 on Peacock. And then later at 6 on ESPN, you can catch the Padres at the Dodgers. Like I said, it is week one, so crazy action going on in the college football world. I will just tell you my usually four to five top games to watch. Usually that only involves ranked versus ranked teams that are playing each other. However, usually there aren't five of those in one week, including this week. But so I'll add in some of the games that I think are either going to have playoff or bowl implications or if it's a rivalry for example and usually I try to stick to those that aren't ranked versus ranked I usually go with the line is under double digits so under that 10 points so to start it off we also have games Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday and Monday gotta love Labor Day it's just awesome to be a college football fan this weekend Starting off early with a game on Thursday, West Virginia at number 17, Pitt. That will be, like I said, Thursday at 6 p.m. on ESPN. This is also called the Backyard Brawl because they used to play all the time. So that is why that is included in the top 25. Number 11, Oregon will play at number three, Georgia on Saturday at 2.30 on ABC. Now, it is actually not technically a home game for Georgia. It is in a quote unquote neutral site, but that neutral site is Atlanta. So um, yeah, not a neutral site when it's in your home state. <laughs> number 23, Cincinnati will play number 19, Arkansas, also at 2.30 on ESPN. Be flipping between those two games. Number seven, Utah will play Florida at six on Saturday on ESPN. That line, Utah is only favored by Three, and they are ranked number seven in the country, and Florida is not ranked. I think this game could have playoff implications, so I included that in there. Also, the line was tiny, so I put it in as a top 25 game. 
And then finally, number five, Notre Dame will play at the Horseshoe, number two, Ohio State. That will be at 6.30 on ABC, and that will be the host for College Game Day as well. In the golf world, we have no PGA Tour tournament because the season just ended with the Tour Championship, but we do have the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. So again, this is that minor league. The top 25 players from the finals will get their PGA Tour cards. So those are on Golf Channel at 3 p.m. starting Thursday, running through Sunday. And then we have a live tour event in Boston. Round one will be on Friday this time. It's usually Thursday, but it'll play on Friday with a shotgun start beginning at 1 p.m. You can catch that on YouTube or livegolf.com. That will be the same for Saturday is round two. And Sunday is the final and third round of the live event in Boston again at 1 p.m. And like I said in the main segment, the U.S. Open begins tonight at 6 p.m. on ESPN. And actually, Serena Williams plays her first match tonight. Then Tuesday, you can catch the rest of the opening round every single day. It's usually on at 11 a.m. on ESPN and then at 6 p.m. on ESPN and ESPN2. So Wednesday will be the second round at the same times. Thursday will be the second round at 11 a.m. on ESPN, 5 p.m. at ESPN2, and then 6 p.m. on ESPN. The third round will be televised on Friday starting at 11 a.m. on ESPN, and then again at 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. on ESPN2. Continuing on Saturday, you can catch it at 10 a.m. on ESPN2 and 6 p.m. on ESPN2. To round out the week, round of 16 will be televised at 10 a.m. on ESPN and 6 p.m. on ESPN2. And since Monday is a holiday, the round of 16 continues. Same time, same channels on Monday. That wraps it up for me this week. Obviously, a ton going on, especially with week one of football. If you are confused on anything for college football season, go check out the College Football Preview podcast episode that I dropped on Saturday. For more games, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. Have a great Labor Day weekend, and I'll catch y'all next week.